Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm your host, Aaron Ryan. Today, Blair Amani and Ziwe Famuto join me to discuss the most important and consequential news story of our time, Plain Bay. I'm just kidding. We're mostly talking about the Supreme Court again and how everything is trash and also on fire. In addition, we'll dive into a hilariously bad new movie about the fight for abortion rights. We'll talk about shunning as a social tool, take questions from dudes, and talk about the dumbest hill that we will die on. We've also got a whole new edition of This Week in Sorry. But first, the good news. Welcome to Hysteria, episode three. I'm Aaron. With me this time, Blair and Z-Way, my co-hosts. Hi. What's up? Um, so, guys, depending on whether or not you're more of a glass half full person or a glass half empty kind of a person, uh, this week was either a fuckload of shit or a shitload of fuck. Now, I'm more of a romantic, so I say fuckload of shit. But it's been really hard to find good news this week. Totally. Um, I-, I was like kind of I was realizing as I was going through the news and trying to prepare for this that. I didn't really, I mean, the Thai rescue from the cave is good. Um, it, it cooled off in New York. That was good. But o- other than that, I, I don't know. Couldn't find anything good. Z-Way, could you find anything good? I could. Well, what about... What? Uh, yes. I found good news, America. <laughs> it's okay. morning in America again. Good morning. Ocasio-Cortez won a district by write-in that she wasn't even running in. And to me, this is like being the senior class president of a school you're not attending. That's great. Do you know what I mean? You're, that's the level of performance we're giving you. Right. And so I'm delighted to hear this. You know, I wonder what other countries or jurisdictions Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez could win by right in vote. Maybe and will win. I mean, <laughs> I mean, don't like sabotage your local elections by voting, you know, writing her in. But I mean, in situations in this case where nobody else was running against this kind of um, veteran, I think, Democrat, it just shows how the people are disrupting on their own, like mm-hmm. organizing themselves. It doesn't have to be something you hear about before it happens. Exactly. I think she could take it all. I think Asland, Wakanda, Lego. <laughs> world i think the skies are the limit yeah. with alexandria yeah no i think she could do a ton <laughs> <laughs> i also weird, like david bowie labyrinth exactly that we're happened. doing every universe all dimensions she could in right in just <laughs> even the non-democracy <laughs> i was also thinking this week donald trump had a rally somewhere i've stopped paying oh. attention to what he does in his rallies because they're basically just him whipping his dick out and waving it around and having people cheer for sometimes him. Sometimes for real, sometimes metaphorically. Yeah, sometimes it's, he humps a the flag. Line, the line between metaphor and reality is, is real blurred. That's mm. not, not a man quite blurred known. Blurred line. Oh, God. That was an awful song. Anyway. That's a good segue into what I was going to say because he made a joke about Me Too yeah. and Elizabeth Warren. And I was thinking as I was watching... Why won't he leave her alone? I, cause, because He's afraid of her. I think he is afraid of her, but I also think that she looks like the sort of person that his fans want to see him bully. Mm. Like that's who he that's who he likes to attack. Like he he goes after people as the avatar of aggression that those people totally. feel. Totally. So that's why he keeps attacking black women. That's why he, you know, even even after Frederica Wilson was proven totally. to not have been lying about the FBI center in her district in Florida, there was there's been no apology from the Trump campaign to her. Yeah. Um or to the grieving widow of uh, David Johnson, who was, mm. who was killed in Niger and whatever. Any, anyway, neither here nor there. But as I was watching him in this, uh, in, this, in this rally making fun of the Me Too thing, I was thinking, you know, I think he overestimates 
how many white men are in America? And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's victories in both her district and the neighboring district and possibly, you know, labyrinth land or whatever, Lego world, (laughs) um, kind of shows that there are a lot of voters that Democrats and and Republicans kind of discounted as as perpetually turned off. And I'm... Young people. Yeah. Which are getting old. We're getting older, us young people. No, we're not. (laughs) We're getting older and we're killing every industry ever. Yeah. Millennials are killing all the... Quick service. Millennials could be killing the Republican Party, to be honest, if... That's the prayer. If they were to all mobilize in the way that they have underneath candidates like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I have faith in the 18-year-olds who are ready to vote for the first time in midterms. Yeah. They're not even millennials anymore. They're the whatever. Gen Z. Gen Z Z way. (laughs) (laughs) 19. (laughs) Just kidding. Oh. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Blair, did you find any good news? Oh, yeah. So this is, okay, it was shitty news, but the response was the highlight right okay so that's a form of good news it is it's a one of those silver linings yeah there you go Um, (laughs) my favorite film um so there was london pride this past weekend super jelly i didn't get to go um but shout out to anybody who's listening from across the pond um i also just love saying across the pond it's such a cute phrase it is it is so there's these things called uh turfs t-e-r-f um it's an acronym means trans exclusionary and then radical in big air quotes feminists um and they believe that they can decide who is and is not a woman whose like gender identity and expression is valid Mm -hmm. shitty people um and they like reduce womanhood to things like periods and childbirth reductive exactly so um, unnecessarily and and cruelly so yeah like there's no why uh, anyway, go on. We don't um, need to go into the, if, the philosophy of TERFs. Another I know, day. We'd be here for a decade. Um, and so there's a, a subset of TERFs called Get the L Out. Um, and this was a group of anti-trans lesbians who tried to block the front of the Pride Parade happening in London. Um, and it totally backfired. I don't understand how they thought it could go well. But a little history lesson. Pride was actually started by Sylvia Rivera and Marsha P. Johnson, two trans women of color who started the Stonewall riot, which was a, you know, a shout against uh, police brutality and respectability and really kicked off what we know now as the LGBTQ rights movement right here in New York. And so um, this was exciting to see the solidarity within the LGBTQ community against these assholes Mm -hmm. um, because folks immediately started coming out you know, shaming um, the people who are blocking the parade, people speaking out online. And this was, you know, I call it the silver lining because I felt like it was a time where we didn't have to remind people this was shitty. People mm-hmm. were like, what the heck? Right. Instead of being a story of like having to explain why TERFs are not correct, it became a how embarrassing for you story. I love stories that are just like, ooh, how embarrassing you for you. You spent your whole day blocking a parade that was started. Like what? How like- embarrassing for you. <laughs> That's it's backwards. But you know, but you're right, Blair, about it being a sign of progress that we've made. I think as a society that we know just instinctively that it's wrong. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. Speaking of finding good news in bad news, um, this week uh, the U.S. <laughs> Uh, A story kind of broke in the New York Times earlier this week about how a resolution designed to encourage breastfeeding in developing countries was almost blown up by the U.S. 
uh, in a really strange meeting where it seemed like the United States had capitulated to formula manuf- manufacturers. The good news, you know, so eventually, you know, the U.S. kind of caved and was like, okay, actually breast milk is good. Um, but the thing that I found encouraging about this was the fact that so many people immediately responded to the U.S. taking the side of formula manufacturers over science. Mm-hmm. Uh, they immediately were like, fuck this. This is ridiculous. This is fucked up. So I found that to actually be... A piece of good news. Um, did you guys see Donald Trump's tweet about oh, yeah, it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he basically, he did one of his things where he said that the New York Times was lying and then actually kind of confirmed the story totally. in the New York Times, which is a ridiculous thing. It's a hypocrisy and a half. But I feel like we've come a little bit of a ways because I just feel like, you know, when I was in college, which was not that long ago, like there were conversations about breastfeeding and there's still a lot of people who feel like breastfeeding is an abomination and you should shroud yourself. They totally think that. Yeah, and so like, but I feel like with this conversation, it was really interesting to see people come out and be like, what the heck, dude? Like, I was reading the story, and as I was reading it, I was like, Are, is this real life? Well, we have to move on to the less good news, guys, because Damn. there's plenty not of not great news oh, well, going on this week. Um, let's move on to just, just get, ugh, let's just get to it. Um, okay. Well, when so. you put it like that. <laughs> This week's big story, the Brett Kavanaugh nomination. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate that I made that word up. So Brett Kavanaugh has been nominated to be Trump's second pick to the Supreme Court. He would be replacing Justice Anthony Kennedy, who is retiring and who is also like a little bitch. Who is I'm also gonna keep a, calling him with little bitch. He's a dick. He's mm. he's a real fucking dick. So Kennedy's retiring like a real fucking dick, <laughs> and his former clerk Brett Kavanaugh it has been nominated to fill his seat. Mm-hmm. Um so right now, people are, are rightfully worried, hysterical, if you will, um, because for a few reasons. First of all, Trump has promised that he'd only appoint pro-life judges. Two, Kavanaugh has a thin pro-life record, but no pro-choice record. And actually, his, his pro-life record involved him trying to interfere with a minor, undocumented woman attempting to have an abortion. Uh, it was a dissenting opinion uh, from when he was a district judge. Um, third, Kavanaugh was vetted by organizations that have shaped the entire judiciary around appointing pro-life judges for the last 40 years. That has been the whole point of the pipeline. The conservative judicial pipeline has been picking and staffing the courts with pro-life judges so it makes sense that Kavanaugh would be one of them he wouldn't be the only one who doesn't fit that totally uh four there are literally no consequences for a judicial nominee lying during their confirmation process but Kavanaugh you know has a pretty deep resume for for working for conservative causes I mean we know the gag come on he even got like his carpool mate to write a nice story about him in the Washington Post can we also just like collectively pen an open letter to the Washington Post and the New York Times saying we see through your propagandist bullshit like America like we're not just a nation of sheep Uh yeah I think I think about it like America ordered a shit sandwich and now we're surprised that there's shit on our plate. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? That like for the Donald Trump book. ran on the premise that he was going to repeal Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Or and now and repeal, then fucking but like reverse abortion Mike rights. Pence is like, like probably doing cartwheels at the most dancing he's ever been allowed to do in his life right now. This has been the clearest they've ever been. So as far as, yeah, I'm disappointed. Well, yeah. I mean, but, and, and there are 12. Oh, I'm sorry. Z-way. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Do you want well, to- I think, yeah, we're disappointed, but we're only at the nomination stage yet. Right. Yeah. So I can't I don't like to think about it in terms of like, would I be f- scared? Like, would I be upset in the future mm-hmm. with whatever happens with Brett? Because he hasn't been 
appointed. Yeah. So there's still work. Here's one thing that stuck out to me during the Brett, uh, (laughs) Brett, during Brett's uh, acceptance speech in the White House. He kept bringing up how he knows several women. My mom was a trailblazer. When I was 10, she went to law school and became a prosecutor. My introduction to law came at our dinner table when she practiced her closing arguments. He talked about how he had a wife and two daughters um, as though that was somehow evidence that he wasn't going to do something. It's on his LinkedIn profile. Right. Knows, <laughs> exactly. Knows at least three women. Ooh, really? Well, this man couldn't possibly, you know, rule against women's rights if he knows several women. I'm sorry, but totally. woman knowing has never pre- it's like prevented how people anybody. It's people to say Ivanka was going to, like, make Trump reasonable. And then we were like, wait, why is she in a ball gown while people are getting murdered? What? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, I'm starting to think she's, like, an actual asshole. Like a real, like, instead of just like spacing out and being like, I want a doll made of me. I think that she might actually be actively bad. You genocide so. is great. That's what's going on in her I, head. I believe to think that, I agree. I, I believe to you think that. You agree that genocide is great? No. Well, <laughs> um, if it's the Smurfs, maybe. Um, the blue and annoying. Uh, <laughs> no, I think that, I think that it's interesting. It's good to believe that w- what women do is intentional. Yeah. Right. I think that that is an excellent point. And I think that a lot of times women try to coast, not not women, not these women, president, president, president company excluded. But I think people sometimes try to coast on the fact like, oh, teehee, I'm just a lady. I don't know what I'm doing. But I, I agree with you, Z-Way. We need to read intentionality into women's actions. Melania, it's sexist not to. It is. Mm-hmm. It's super sexist. Oh, my God. You just blew my mind. <laughs> Uh, and that'll be all. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I'm kind of tired of women woman knowing being held up as a smokescreen, and I'm tired of of those women coming to bat for men who are just shitty. Totally. Um, but I do wanted to before we transition into the more fun aspect of this conversation, if there is any such thing as fun anymore. Um, I wanted to ask <laughs> both of you. So right now, you know, Roe v. Wade is seriously in danger. There's no reason to believe it's not in danger. Totally. There are 12 challenges to Roe v. Wade currently going up through the courts that could be the case that, that weakens it or, or overturns it. Um, and we just can't gamble on this. So I want to ask both of you, what are you personally doing to help in this fight? I try to signal boost organizations like the Circle of Health International, and I donate whenever I can. Um, I vote, which is the most important thing. The tenet of democracy is actually voting, so to understate that is a crime. And I make art that yeah. I think either enlight- like uplifts people or is critical mm-hmm. of toxic masculinity that wants to strip away our rights. Yeah. The show you write for is The Bomb. The, the Rundown with yeah. Robin Thede. Yeah. She, yeah. She's great. Yeah. And so that's that's what I try to do personally every day to make sure... That I'm doing my best and contributing. And Blair. Yeah. I, I'm just, and by the re- by the way, the reason I'm asking this is because I want the, like everybody who's listening to do this personal exercise totally. with themselves. Like, what am I personally doing besides listening to this podcast of my new pals, Aaron, Blair, and Z-Way? Um, I, so I, I like to get people thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think that we also need to shift from the idea that like me not harming isn't enough, you know, like not making it worse isn't activism anymore. You have to start moving towards, you know, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem, man. It's the sunglasses. <laughs> I'm sorry. They're from the 70s. Um, 
But for me, I immediately reached out to my like colleagues at Planned Parenthood, East Circuit Planned Parenthood, and was like, how can I help? And um, so they're sending me materials to signal boost, but also reminding folks that people in Louisiana, you know, I've had friends who have had to drive to Florida to get abortion care because they couldn't do that in the state of Louisiana, even though Roe versus Wade applies to the American South. It's not enforced locally. So reminding folks of that, reminding folks of the facts and figures. And then also there's a lot of defend Roe actions happening. And so I think if we can make a lot of noise, if we can, you know, call our um, our representatives, definitely call your senators. I do that every day, like 5 p.m. right before I sit down to eat. Call your senators. You can use the app Five Calls. You can just, you know, put it into your phone number. If you're walking home from the subway by yourself, just pick up the phone and leave a message at your local congressperson's office because mm-hmm. it's a great way to look like you're busy um, and you know fight against street harassment yeah, but no also it's a great way to get your your words across and speak to the people who can really make a difference and that's folks who can block the cabin nomination that's for um, speaking to your governors so that they can speak to the you know the state and local folks, but it's really just about making your voice heard and doing that at a lot of different junctures. So sending emails, a fun thing um, that we used to tell youth activists to do was to write letters and then we would teach these kids how to fax and just fax (laughs) tons of letters into the office because you can't. You can unplug a fax machine, but when you plug it back in, you're going to get all those letters. And um, the best thing to do is to do that right at Sunday night. So that way in the morning, they just get a bunch of different letters from your, my mom has a knitting group from your knitting group, from your Girl Scout troop, like really just inundate people with the message that you want to, you know, uh, express, which is that we have to defend Roe, we have to defend people's rights to make decisions about their bodies. Mm -hmm. And if we can't do that, then we can't call ourselves the land of the free. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. And one thing that I, coming from a place that is, um, I guess it's now a red state, but it had been a blue state for a while. I'm from Wisconsin and the part of Wisconsin I'm from is very red. I think my home county voted two to one for Donald Trump. Wow. Yeah, and wow. so, it, but it did previously. It previously had voted for Obama, which it's so. It's one of the. It's the mythical place that the New York Times is constantly sending its reporters to go in hillbilly safaris to. Um, oh my gosh, is that a? Can we go hillbilly, hillbilly, hillbilly safari? safari? You know safe? what? Where I'm from is like fine. I'll, we'll we'll all go sometime. Seriously. Um, so, but one thing that I that I hear from women who I grew up with or who, who are from similar places to where I grew up that, is that they're afraid of speaking up. Or they, they, they don't want to alienate people or, you know, they, they feel like they're the only liberal in their church group mm-hmm. or the only person who supports Roe in their, you know, Rotary Club or whatever. And I would say that speak up because there's more of you than you think. Because totally. I've been getting emails from you all week. I've been getting DMs from you on Twitter. There are so many more of you than you think. I think that you should be – now is not the time to shut up. Totally. Now is the and time think, to say something. And I think, too, like – uh, and this is something that I really had to think about as somebody who's, you know, who came out as queer um, within the last year, that do you want to be surrounded by people who who you have to, you know, disrupt your moral compass to accommodate? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, is it bad to alienate people who are diametrically opposed to you having human rights? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a conversation to have. And also, it's more cost effective. Like, I'm not going to get invited to a bunch of different weddings, so I'll save a bunch of money on bridesmaids dresses. It's like, true. The bottom line is that speaking <laughs> up for human rights is good for your bank account, and it's good for humanity. Yeah. I think, Oh yeah, I totally agree with that. It's definitely good for humanity. And I think just back to your point, as far as how popular it is, abortion 
or pro being pro choice is very popular in the United States. Mm-hmm. Yet somehow our intentions as voters are being mismanaged, mishandled, mm-hmm. and we're not getting what American people want. So I think it's important to remember that 60-70% of people support some type of abortion. Mm-hmm. And that's powerful. Mm-hmm. So we have to take a break. When we're back, we're going to go over that atrocious Roe v. Wade movie script that is currently being shot in Louisiana. We'll be back. Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Tired of boring workout gear? Check out Viore. Viore's versatile and comfy products are designed to look great in and outside the gym, whether you're running, training, or even just lying on your couch, enjoying the fact that your two-year-old child is leaving you alone for five blessed minutes. I love that for Viore. You know what? That seems like a real perk of Viore. (laughs) It is. It's perfect. It's cut perfectly for lying down and just savoring a moment to be left alone. It's great. <laughs> five the, stars. No comment. 100% great. That's the type that's my favorite sport. The new the women's performance jogger is the softest jogger you'll ever own. Grab one of these new colors before they sell out and check out the women's daily legging which features a high waist drawstring tie and upgraded no slip fit. All things that are absolutely essential in a legging. Essential. Uh, I love these leggings. They are cuz you know like not everybody's the same. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like I need a little bit more room around my booty. So I size up a little bit, but then it's t- usually too big in my waist. And so now I just just pull that drawstring. Exactly. And I don't show I don't show any crack when I bend over. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. See, you have your baby and I have my butt crack. <laughs> <laughs> For guys, there's the men's core short, the most comfy lined athletic short out there, and the men's Sunday performance jogger. Oh my gosh, Alyssa, my brother, who I have given Viore performance gear to. Yes won an ultra marathon over the holidays. I saw that. That is so incredible. He ran 80 miles in the freezing cold. I don't think he was wearing his Viore core shorts because that would be dangerous. Dangerous. But, but he he loves wearing them to train, and uh, I'm so proud of him. I'm so pr- Viore played a role in his ultra marathon win. <laughs> Uh, plus, Viore is 100% offsetting their carbon footprint and reducing and offsetting 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 onwards. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Did you know that women make up 56% of law students? That's grounds for bragging rights at the dinner table for your conservative uncle who still thinks women belong in the kitchen. It's clear that the future of the legal field is female. So why are so many legal podcasts and reviews authored by men? Hi, I'm Leah Littman. I'm Kate Shaw. And with Melissa Murray, we are the hosts of Strict Scrutiny. Each week, we break down the latest headlines and biggest legal questions facing our country through the lens of diverse voices to give you expert views you won't hear anywhere else. Strict Scrutiny is your guide to the Supreme Court. New episodes drop every Monday, plus bonuses whenever the Supreme Court takes away another one of our rights. Make sure to subscribe to Strict Scrutiny wherever you get your podcasts. Mm 
Beyonce, Katanji Brown Jackson, the lady who spent 500 days in a cave. Women are all around us. And this Women's History Month, the Crooked Store is celebrating with a pop-up shop featuring favorites from women of color founded companies. For a limited time, the She Commerce pop-up shop has everything from delicious goodies to kids books to candles, all from small companies that we love. It is a great way to support women of color while treating a woman in your own life. Maybe that's yourself to a sweet distraction from the endless horrors that we face every single day. Happy Women's History Month to all. Check out what's in stock at crooked.com slash store for this month only. And we're back. The sound here in the background is Z-Way writing down a portmanteau we came up with during the break. Sad aggressive. When something is progressive, yet sad that it even needed to happen. <laughs> and what evoked that is uh, Louisiana, I believe, just made it illegal for cops to have sex with folks in their custody. And they're the only state to do that. So uh, that's progressive. But also kind of sad. Sad aggressive. You heard it here first. <laughs> it's a drug you can chew. <laughs> you def- it's definitely chewable. Yeah, sad you gotta. I can't even bring myself to swallow the thing whole. Um, but the reason we are talking about Louisiana is because Louisiana is, is currently the site of a movie that's being shot that sounds completely epic. Um, it's being bankrolled by Nick Loeb, who is a banking heir, and Sofia Vergara's ex, who you might remember his name from the news story of him and Sofia fighting over custody of embryos that the two had uh, made together. Um, so Nick Loeb is, he's been dragging this on for a really long time. Um, Sofia Vergara has made it clear that she doesn't want to destroy the embryos. She just doesn't want to do anything with them. He has made it clear that he wants custody of them. He's given them names. He's tried to do it in Louisiana and claimed that he and Sofia Vergara were planning on moving to Louisiana and having a life there, which is ridiculous. It seems like it's a, a court seating thing because Louisiana and the Fifth Circuit, where Louisiana is located, tends to be more sympathetic to anti-choice cases um so it it seems like something he strategically did and so it's just the battle has been going on for a long time unfortunately nick Loeb's parents are wealthy and the estate tax isn't a hundred percent so he's using some of his money (laughs) so he's using some of his money to make a film called roe v wade that is uh sounds like a fucking shit show it's um it's about (laughs) it is about the case that brought um it's about the case that legalized abortion in it's America. It's about that, you know, that Roe v. Wade case. Yes. Mm. Well, Roe v. Wade could be about if you have a rowboat and you're going to go across a shallow lake. Mm, row or do you wade? So the Daily Beast and several other places have copies of this script. And by several other places, I mean the script has been circulating. And mm. it is a fucking hilarious... I mean... It's not a satire, but... It's... Eh, the teens will the future teens will see this film ironically when they're on mushrooms i think it's already happening like you know not to jump ahead but um like gen z folks there was this meme going around recently it was an anti-abortion meme and it was of like um a fetus turning into dust particles i saw that like in infinity wars and it was like mom your decision doesn't feel so good you know kind of like oh mr stark i don't feel so good um which is what i say now when i have to go to the bathroom really bad but anyway (laughs) <laughs> um and so people you know it was supposed to be like oh we're gonna get with the kids and use their meme language to get them to hate people making decisions about their bodies and immediately we just turn into a satire totally <laughs> so totally. i think it's the same phenomenon here where it's like we're going to appeal to you 
Um, but I also feel like the same film came out when I was like in middle school. Like I feel like every couple of years there's this very manipulative film that comes out, tries to talk about the abortion conversation in a really reductive way. Mm-hmm. And it's not new. Right. No, yeah. it's it's not new at all, but it counts on people being stupid and incurious and accepting it as new. That exactly. Which That's... and high schools taking their students to go see it. My mom refused. Shout out to your mom. Totally. I think it's what we have to be careful not to troll this into existence and popularity like we did with Napoleon Dynamite. We are playing with fire here. <laughs> okay. Well, here's here's what I would suggest. So it, it's currently it's such a shit show in Louisiana right now. Crew members Always. are quitting left and right. Well, just specifically on this film. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Crew members are, are quitting left and right because a lot of them were misled about the content, the contents of the film. It's it's extremely graphic. Uh, it contains a ton of historical inaccuracies. It contains a ton of bad actors. Um, I'm going to read some of the, the cast. Um Stacey Dash as Dr. Mildred Jefferson, who's a founder of the National Right to Life Committee. Jamie Kennedy as abortion rights activist Larry Later. Joey Lawrence as Robert Byrne, a Fordham University law professor who fought... Joey Lawrence as a Fordham University law professor. (laughs) It's incredible. And it's going to be the role of his life. (laughs) Okay, Joey, be smart. Okay, I can do it. Uh, Kelsey Grammer's daughter, Greer. Oh, with Camille Grammer? I'm not sure who her mom is. The real housewife. I'm not sure who her mom is, but she's now in a pro-life movie. Interesting. Um, There's a a lot of lifetime. I'm sorry. It's supposed to be. They're saying it's going to be released in like a thousand theaters. A thousand theaters. Oh, Lucy Davenport as Betty for Dan. Wow. Yeah, and I've seen I've seen the script. I don't have the script, but I've seen the script. Mm-hmm. And uh, the characterization of the female characters in this film, apart from the Stacey Dash character, is really crazy. Like, oh, is Stacey Dash a sassy black woman? She's no. She's uh, Mildred Jefferson was one of the first ever graduates of Harvard Med School. First oh. black women female graduates of Harvard Med School who ended up founding the National Right to Life Committee. So she was obviously Mildred Jefferson was obviously a very smart woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but Stacey Dash. Mm, not a great actress is going to play her, mm-hmm. um, but but uh, but all the other women are are presented as crazy. Every like Betty Friedan is just loopy. Wow, she's just off her balls, loopy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're all just and and like there's scenes where they have uh, Gloria Steinem and a couple other people like in like Saint Croix and like toasting and being like we love abortion we're jewish and really yeah it's it's really really crazy i'm actually i'm happy that these act like i thought all these actors were dead so i'm surprised <laughs> i'm surprised to i'm happy for to see that they're working um is it from yeah it's i'm it's they're i to think that a firm offensive movies They've existed. They exist. I hate lots of movies are horrible and truly garbage. Sharknado. Like Suicide Squad. Yeah. By a cabinet member. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Steve Mnuchin. Exactly. So yeah. I'm just going to not actively not watch it. Yeah. I think that that's smart. I will say that if it does ever get released, I will. I- I'm just going to say this. Go ahead and arrest me. I'm going to sneak into the theater and tell you all about it. But I don't want any of you to go. Like, let me be the <laughs> let me be the pope of this movie, uh, and you guys are the Catholic Church. Oh, I'll you. read the Bible and convey it to you. You don't in need Latin. to. Yeah, you don't need to worry about. It. <laughs> I think that there is a good film to be made about Roe v. Wade. hundred oh, percent. That that is fair to to different sides of the debate. I think that there's a way to do that. We have to take a break, but when we're back, the week in sorry. Mm. 
Crooked Store's latest collection has a clear message for anyone trying to take away abortion rights. Don't. The No Trespassing collection features four different designs, each inspired by a different state where abortion is under attack. There's Stay Out of My Swamp for Florida, Stay Out of My Hole for Arizona, Stay Out of My Prickly Pear for Texas, and Stay Out of My Strip for Nevada. But obviously, I'll be wearing these no matter where I am. A portion of proceeds from the collection will go to Vote Save America's F-Bands, the Fight Back Fund, which currently is supporting abortion rights organizations across Arizona, Nevada, and Florida. Head to cricket.com slash store to shop. Did you know that women make up 56% of law students? That's grounds for bragging rights at the dinner table for your conservative uncle who still thinks women belong in the kitchen. It's clear that the future of the legal field is female. So why are so many legal podcasts and reviews authored by men? Hi, I'm Leah Littman. I'm Kate Shaw. And with Melissa Murray, we are the hosts of Strict Scrutiny. Each week, we break down the latest headlines and biggest legal questions facing our country through the lens of diverse voices to give you expert views you won't hear anywhere else. Strict Scrutiny is your guide to the Supreme Court. New episodes drop every Monday, plus bonuses whenever the Supreme Court takes away another one of our rights. Make sure to subscribe to Strict Scrutiny wherever you get your podcasts. It's 2024. We're facing another presidential election with huge stakes. You want to help. You don't know where your money will actually make a difference or how to figure that out. Ensure you love to take an edible and not think about it, but you can't because you do care. Let Vote Save America make it easy for you with their new anxiety relief program. Here's how it works. You set up a monthly recurring donation at the level that feels right for you, and Vote Save America will send 100% of it to the grassroots organizations and down-ballot races that need it most. Then, at the end of the month, they'll tell you where your dollars went. That's it. Set it and forget it. Vote Save America has already raised $52,000 in monthly recurring donations. Love it. That's great. From over 1,000 amazing, sustaining donors who've signed up and trusted Vote Save America to make their dollar go further. But we still have a long way to go, and Vote Save America needs your help to get there. Sign up at votesaveamerica.com and enjoy your edible. <laughs> Legal disclaimer, paid for by Vote Save America, votesaveamerica.com, not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. And we're back with the week in Sorry, ladies. We apologize too much, which is a shame, and I'm very sorry for that. But as a result, we are pretty good at assessing other people's apologies and whether or not they mean it and whether or not they deserve forgiveness or to be shunned forever. Uh, so this week, uh, we've got a few really interesting stories. Z-Way, let's start with yours. Totally. So we're talking hashtag plain bay. The most important thing that happened this exactly. week. Exactly. Snakes on a plain bay. Okay, so we're talking about a woman named Rose Blair. Plain Bay, hashtag not snakes on a plain bay. Okay, so a woman, Rose, went viral for documenting a flirting duo on their flight, taking photos of them and encouraging her followers to identify who the lovers were. I'm pissed. Not cool. <laughs> what? I mean, like, the, it went hyper-viral. Exactly. There was, like, almost a million likes. What has happened to a nation where you cannot try to fuck privately <laughs> people are snitching on who you're trying to smash well and then the woman that that she was trying to blow up i guess ended up kind of deleting her social media account because she people did. were like okay so we have this thing now called stan culture where people just go super duper hard for whoever whenever wherever 
Um, whenever, wherever. <laughs> anyway, so that's uh, my little impressions there. But basically, they harassed the shit out of her. So it turned into like, you know, not just documenting this person, but like minutely cataloging what they were doing to like hundreds of followers or thousands of followers totally. that went increasingly viral. Then they're trying to find the curvature of her face. Did her earlobes connect? Oh, I found her. Exactly. Once they found her, it just turned into a nightmare. Ugh. And so, and her apology, which was the awful part, is that and this she, is Rosie Blair apologizing. Exactly, Rosie Blair's apology. Rosie, not Rose. No relation. Don't know. Don't care about her name. <laughs> um, so her apology, she offered to write or write, you know, like writing or correct her wrong, but with any services that she could possibly offer as an actress. She also reached out to BuzzFeed asking to get hired. Exactly. So I'm sorry, but like you can't <gasps> apologize and then try to promote your brand, like. That'd be like if BP Oil was like, sorry, we polluted your beautiful sea lions, but would you like some gas? Do you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not useful. It's like when... when it's not an apology. You're just Kanye selling West things. When apologized to Beck, he just said, I'm sorry, Beck. It wasn't, I'm sorry, Beck, and buy my album. Exactly. Yeah. That's just... Beck? So what do we, how do we feel about the Plain Bay apology? Nah. It's not an apology. It's not an apology. It's an ad. And, and you know what? Winks. Props... Space is valuable, so like I get it, but it's exploit. It's just disgusting. Gabe Blair's and a bad name. Yeah, yeah. It's abusive. The least forgivable aspect of this is and that it besmirched the name of Blair. Truly, but what was interesting was um, I saw. So I had seen Monica Lewinsky tweet about it, mm-hmm. and then I saw her apology once I when I started learning about like the doxing that happened to actual Plain Bay. Exactly. Um, and Monica started to speak about how, from her perspective, like she's seen the way people can turn against you and so she felt particularly um you know apologetic about it because she's an anti-bullying activist Mm -hmm. and so i thought that was really interesting to see somebody who's so visible start to apologize for boosting something in a more authentic way than the person who instigated totally yeah i think this 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 is just a reflection of the times right these stories happen literally all the time Mm -hmm. because we reward this type of surveillance yeah and so i think we have to just examine ourselves and why we're chasing likes and why we're going viral is it for the sake of a story with meaning or is it just to like get hired by docs you know get hired get go viral get hired dock someone promote your brand like that's despicable it's gross but in a way i'm kind of glad this happened because it was such a clear-cut example of a of a very craven attempt at something that was very empty totally at the expense of somebody's well-being and and feeling a personal safety that i think the public backlash has been encouraging because i think we've finally or finally reached like a a bridge too far i hope so which is i just hope the person in question who's being harassed is okay and i think it also speaks to our society that the woman was being harassed Mm -hmm. over the dude the guy was he's famous now he's like this hot you know he'll probably be on on instagram yeah but that's that's the sign of the times gross um blair by prince (laughs) oh yeah we're really (laughs) musical today blair la 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 Okay, so my apology comes from this shitty dude who called the police on a black woman who was trying to swim in the community. Like, she was just swimming in the pool. She had her ID. She was supposed to be there. But he came in, like Johnny Law, trying to police the place. Um, And my mom really says it best. She goes, white people just have to bother you all the time. And it's hilarious because she's white passing. Um, So it really takes her to talk about it. Anyway, he tried to not apologize, but explain himself. 
Um, the woman who spoke out, she said that she does feel like it's racial profiling. And I see her really taking the high road, similar to what happened um, in the Starbucks profiling situation, where the dudes in question, where they had a settlement and they took $1 each, and then they really wanted to like invest their time and energy into bettering the city. And so similarly here, the woman, Jasmine Abhuliman, was really adamant that she doesn't want this to turn into um, kind of a whole charade. She doesn't want the media attention to distract. She wants to help the community heal and prevent racial profiling so this doesn't happen again. Great. Well, so it doesn't really matter if he apologized or not because she kind of turned it into something better. Yeah, totally. and I think that's so powerful. Like she, something shitty happened to her. Like it really disrupted her her wonderful Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. Dude, obviously wasn't listening when I said don't call the police on your black friends, well, and neighbors. Um, if you're calling the police on fo- anyway, so she really just took it and made it her own soapbox, and I think that's powerful. That's great. Um, I saw I saw somebody on Twitter say that white people treat the cop treat 911 like customer service and totally. i haven't stopped thinking about it yeah. since it's like every single time this happens it's sort of like oh my god yeah it's really it's kind of poignant because the idea is that you're preserving your whiteness and your white space so it's like it's customer service to you because you're protecting property mm-hmm. in that notion and i yeah. hate to feel like a history professor on this podcast all the time but there's like you know situations like in baton rouge louisiana i went to school at lsu so a lot of my references are going to be from that area um but in baton rouge louisiana they just build in a pool with cement rather than have black people and white people swim together uh, pools are so fraught and it's so so strange i it's mean mixing yeah. racial mixing and, the, and we're like, like literally nude so it's like know, this miscegenation i didn't know if y'all saw the mr rogers documentary but he made a really big point of having the black police officer on his show and him put their feet in a small pool to cool off in the summertime mm-hmm. and how that was like some radical activism on mr rogers part it uh, is radical fred rogers was so great i wish he was still alive there's a long way to go yeah yeah um okay so find the helpers Yes, totally. Okay, so mine is uh, sort of a half sorry. It's somebody who should apologize. Um, So President Trump's new deputy chief of staff for communications is Bill Shine, who was famous at Fox News for spending much of his career sheltering uh, a culture of sexual harassment and misconduct, um, which would mean he fits in perfectly in this current White House. But surprising no one, his wife, Darla, is uh darla darla shine okay was she in the little rascals no i hope not <laughs> that would totally Dar- ruin the memory of the Dar- little rascals for me i used to watch that before church on i Sundays. love that movie I, well we would watch the old show the old black and white show oh <laughs> was that the 90s <laughs> yeah. I, i'm a time traveler I um so Darla Shine used to write a blog for stay-at-home mothers with all of this tracks so much with being the wife of a Fox News executive. She used to write a blog for stay-at-home mothers, often commenting on how she wanted to sing along to rap songs that include the N-word. Uh, and she she realized that she might be racist if she sang along to Kanye West Gold Digger. And she also uh, didn't want to feel guilty about it. And she also wanted, she she said a bunch of incendiary stuff about black people. One of the things that she, one of the myths that she pushed was that one out of 10 black boys has autism. She's bad. She's Mm -hmm. bad. The other thing too, though, is that folks who are saying these things are weaponizing blackness and mental health. Mm-hmm. One, if that statistic was true, why are you treating autism as, you know, like the worst thing ever? And then like, just shut up. Keep black 
people out your mouth and autistic people out your mouth. Totally. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, wait a second. She also called Monica Lewinsky, who I think it's safe to say we mutually admire all of yeah, the co-hosts. She's, cool. she's great. Um, she uh, called Monica Lewinsky a lying opportunist whore. Which Fuck is you, darling. It just I know. shows where she, her head is at. She yeah. is not. I don't think that she will ever either. apologize, and I don't think she'll ever realize that she did anything wrong. And that's the problem with assholes: is that they never realize they're assholes. That's why they're frustrating. You spend so much energy trying to make people realize that they're an asshole, and it's just never going to work. It just, it just doesn't. Well, they're they're made they're cut out for each other because, dude, Bill, that's his name, right? Bill. Bill Shine. He also said that Obama has a deep-seated hatred of white people and white culture when he criticized the Cambridge police for mm-hmm. trying to get Henry Louis Gates yeah. out in his own home. <sighs> so they're really, you know, if we can learn anything, that's th- there's somebody for everybody. And you can always just find your horrible match. Yeah, do you think they, <laughs> they matched on the Trump dating app? Farmersonly.com? No, there's a Trump dating there's app. There's a Trump dating app. Oh, it has a lot no. of issues. People send pictures of their penis. Oh, mm. that's like their profile photos. That, that also tracks. Mm. All this tracks. It's on brand. Um, I wanted to. I wanted to transition from this Bill Shine's wife thing into talking about this kind of recent phenomenon. That's. I don't know if it's just now happening or if it's just now in the news, but we're seeing a lot of reports of people in the Trump orbit being publicly shamed mm-hmm. or shunned. Um, like Kellyanne Conway had somebody tell her mm. to go look in the mirror in a store, uh, and she was like, "Mirrors are in aisle nine. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Stephen, <laughs> were they being helpful? Yeah, no, she was, she was like, just go, he was like, go, you need to take a good, hard, long look in the mirror. And she's like, oh. eh, no, and she said something stupid, which I'm sure she thought was funny because she's surrounded by very unfunny people. So she's probably the funniest person in that orbit. Damn, drag him, drag him. Uh, thank <laughs> you. Uh, Stephen Miller also, uh, he got the double middle finger from, uh, guy at a sushi takeout place and in retaliation he threw the sushi away after he'd already bought it it's like so dumb yeah but uh sarah huckabee sanders she got uh she got politely asked to leave a restaurant um miller yeah miller uh do you think other like do you think oh alan dershowitz also Mm -hmm. on martha's vineyard he's having a bad time i saw the six stories about it in the new york times yeah (laughs) can we like take a step back though and like look at this like i think you know, not to condone bullying, but 100% harass these people in public. Like, I think that's the only thing that we have left. I think that, I mean, you know, definitely don't touch the people, but I think that you can make your voice heard. It's called peaceful assembly. And if you're directing that message at a public official, I think that's your right as an American. Mm-hmm. And these people are really just being the the worst of humanity they're just perpetuating all of these awful atrocities totally i feel like oh please oh no i was i was gonna say um i think like harass is if we call it harassment i think that gives it a little bit too much credit i think that we're letting them define what being politely called out is i don't think it's harassment yeah to, to give somebody to be like you know what i don't like what you're doing and everything that's not harassment. Said, like exactly. if we look at it all like kind of in a vacuum as they like to do it seems just very one-off like hey go look in the mirror you really need to like reevaluate your life hey, you, please leave my restaurant. My staff is uncomfortable. Like, this is chill. Like, I feel like this is... Yeah, that's not harassment. Exactly. I think a wise man once said, don't boo, vote. I believe that you should boo and vote. (laughs) Like, Casper's running for office. Yeah, why not? We both... I love that so much. (laughs) Please, boo and then vote. So here's here's something I think a lot about uh, when I think about, like, people, you know, like Sarah Huckabee Sanders trying to go to this nice little restaurant and Alan Dershowitz being like, meh, my friends at Martha's Vineyard don't want to hang out. Um, 
uh, Michelle Goldberg wrote in the New York Times a few weeks ago uh, about public harassment. She said, Mm -hmm. sometimes the strategies might be poorly conceived, but there's an abusive sort of victim blaming in demanding that progressives single-handedly uphold civility, lest the right become even more uncivil in response. As long as our rulers wage war on cosmopolitan culture, they shouldn't feel entitled to its fruits. And that's exactly how I feel. Like Steve Bannon was in a bookstore this weekend and somebody was like... You suck. Yeah. And I think that it's fine. I think that, you know, if, if they're in a place that is supposed to be an elite space, to get them out of there. That's not. And I think, too, like, this is what America's built on. Like, we used to tar and feather people we didn't like. Oh. <laughs> this is nothing. Yeah. I, I think it comes down to what's the alternative is to say nothing and then you're complicit in literally children being in cages, people mm-hmm. being deported, people, you know, being imprisoned. I think that. If you have wanted to speak up, you should speak up. Just yeah. respect boundaries. Don't touch anybody. Don't break any laws. But don't tar and feather speech. people. Exactly. Yeah. Don't tar and feather people. Don't tar. Don't feather. Where do you get tar? There are better better uses for feathers, guys. And tar. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> These roads need fixing. Jackets need being filled with down. <laughs> um, one of the I have a, I have a friend that told me uh, a friend that told me that he thought that the the best way to handle if you don't want to actually go up to somebody and say something to them you just make eye contact with them from across the room and give them a thumbs down think that's effective too also not harassment if you can't handle that then you know yeah do what's comfortable i i personally don't like to yell at strangers but everyone has their barrier of what they're willing what 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 they're motivated by and what gets them excited and if this gets you passionate to go out and vote which is the most important part Mm -hmm. then just respect people's space but like yell when i was at the um the arraignment for patricia um, Okumo, who climbed the Statue of Liberty, there was a man outside the federal building who had a sign that said, thank you, ICE. And I was like, oh, that's shitty. And so what we did, um, me and the other protesters who were present, we got these signs. And so I just had a sign that said, shut down ICE. And I stood like, you know, like two feet in front of him and I covered his sign. And I felt like that was a really elegant way to be like, your message isn't going to be heard here. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, the best part of it, though, was there was this, like, garbage man who, like, walked past with his, like, cart. And he was like, fuck you, dude. And he was like, oh, thank you. And he's like, no, I said, fuck you. And he was like, oh. <laughs> and soon he left. So I think, like, it really reclaimed the space. And I think that's what these these call-outs are about. It's mm-hmm. not about making totally. these people, you know... It's not about harassment. It's about taking back what the space is and redefining what is acceptable mm-hmm. in America. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, God, I was going to say <laughs> one, two at the same time. Uh. <laughs> I was just going to say, where is this outrage when people are trying to get IEDs at Planned Parenthood and they're literally getting egged and screamed at in like middle America in the South, you know? Mm-hmm. So how that's shaming. That's yeah. shunning. Yeah. And, pl- yeah. and these people are the private citizens. Yeah. A, plan- a Planned Parenthood in Fort Wayne, Indiana, just shut down, didn't even perform abortions, but there was so much protesting. They just shut down. Exactly. And that's something that like, and that's and people are, they do that as Americans and we should also do that as Americans. And you can sign up to be a, a patient escort right now at Planned Parenthood. You just, you know, sign up, they give you a couple trainings and it's literally, you walk somebody from their car to the clinic and it's just a great, you know, shoulder to have. Um, it can be a really vulnerable moment when you have these protesters, but that's something that you can actively do mm-hmm. to change this. So do you think that there's going to eventually have to be like Ivanka escort type people? Oh, <laughs> like, oh they have security yeah, guards. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the, th- here's the funny, here's the funny thing that I was, I was thinking about. Like, Sarah. well. Uh, well, there's a lot of funny things, but uh, Hamilton Nolan wrote a thing on Splinter a few weeks back about how the people enacting these like horrific 
policies that cause immense amount of pain never have to experience any of the consequences of that. Exactly. Just sort of like old men sending young men to war. Those old men, for the most part, never have to experience any of the loss or the pain of being in war. Totally. I I think that, that... there should be social consequences to the people that participated in this. There's, Ivanka should not be welcome in any society events anymore. I think if you see she's invited to a party and you're like, if you're a rich person listening to this, first of all, please purchase the products that we're advertising. Uh-huh. Second of all, I think if you, I think it's you're one of the things that you have over people like the Trumps and the people in that orbit, people who are status obsessed, is that you can you can threaten that social status. You can refuse to go to parties with them. You can refuse to talk to them if they want to talk to you. You can refuse to participate socially with them. And I think that that's like, it might seem petty, but like fucking bring the petty, man. I mean, activism happens in all types of ways. And I think that's a very valid type of activism. And it's not just something that you can do as somebody who's very wealthy amongst, you know, Trump folks. But if you're dealing with abusers in your circle, Mm -hmm. don't tolerate that behavior. Mm -hmm. and make sure that you're making it clear what values you represent in your social circle stand up for something all the time exactly and i just love that point um erin is it's that the idea is that if you're going to do something wildly unpopular be prepared to be wildly unpopular Mm -hmm. right abortion is popular so be prepared to be for people to be upset with you yeah yeah like what? What do you? What did you what think you would happen? What did you think would happen? You think we're just gonna go down, not saying anything? No, we're not going back there. Right. In a way, they're asking for it. <laughs> okay. Well, we have to take a break. <laughs> we have to take a break. When we come back, dude, you asked. And we're back. With something we're calling Dude, You Asked, this is the part of the show where men are allowed to contribute. They're allowed to email us questions, and we pick the questions and we answer them. If you want to get in touch, if you're a guy, you have a question for the Hysteria co-hosts, you can get in touch with us, hysteria at crooked.com, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A, at crooked.com. If you send any dick pics, we will make fun of them. Okay. So far, so good. We haven't gotten any. No? Yeah. I'm like, I've, I've been really dutifully checking the email and, and like no dick pics. Everybody's been super nice and great. So thank you. Kudos to our listeners. Keep it up. Okay. <laughs> no penises. And in your pants. <laughs> okay. So or use flash. So first question is from a listener named Christian. Hey, I love the pod so far and have a question. What's the best way for me to be a good ally for the women in my life or just women in general? I try to address microaggressions on a daily basis among my coworkers and acquaintances, and I give support to women, but I'm sure I have blind spots on how I can be better. Thanks for the work you do. Red flag immediately. (laughs) We shouldn't use the term blind spots because people who are blind, it's not because they don't want to see it or because they don't know it's there. It's just they can't see, right? Mm-hmm. So Problematic. Yeah, so that's um, something that I'm working on, just trying not to use ableist language. But just a fun extra fact, some diversity and inclusion training for free. Um, <laughs> free 99. Yes. So, Z-Way, what do you think we should tell Christian? There was a story about an African reservation where a bunch of poachers broke into kill rhinos and a pride of lions ate the poachers. <laughs> that's how you be a good ally. <laughs> What I'm suggesting is cannibalism. <laughs> if you see someone disrespect women, eat them. Jeffrey Dahmer, that bitch. Exactly, know? exactly. Or you can give any money in your wallet to women. For example, I'm on Venmo, Z-Way Fumido. Like, there are lots of options, but eating is the easiest. <laughs> I think 
I would also say that <laughs> with the situation with the rhinos and the lions, you know, they're coming in to kill the rhinos practically lions aren't eating rhinos like they have no benefit in the you know like social structure i mean sure somewhere down the line that affects them with predators and prey but ultimately it didn't have anything to do with them so i think that if you can not insert yourself inappropriately into conversations that don't apply to you but be there and say hey i'm a lion i could eat those poachers like in in a thoughtful way but i think that finding meaningful and uh, practical ways the best way you can do it is just by offering yourself as a resource and talking to people in your life so um, a way that that's been helpful for me as far as like white folks being there for me as a black person I was having to go to rural Alabama when I worked at Planned Parenthood and one of my white colleagues was like would you like me to come along and I was like yes please because I don't want to go to the south by myself you know and so that was a great way that it wasn't like I'm here to be um, uh, paternalistic I'm here to say I can help. And so I think that's a great way to just um, raise concern. Awesome. Thank you, Christian. Okay, second question from Lucas. I have four daughters and I'm trying to raise them to be independent women. I'm pro-choice. My wife is not. Strange, right? Of course, they have a strong connection to their mother, but I really want them to realize that it is their bodies and they have a right to take care of it as they see fit. It is hard to not push my views over my wife's without making it seem like the man is correct and the woman is not. Any suggestions? So to me, this is interesting because this is kind of like not exactly but it's similar to a conversation that i have with my partner about religion he's a secular humanist and i'm a muslim and we're like trying to figure out how he raised the kids right like he doesn't believe in god i do um not the same like i'm saying but our solution is that and we don't have kids so it's not i'm sure it's more complicated for folks who do have kids right but i think that the solution is to make folks aware of what the full array of the conversation is have the pro-life conversation have the pro-choice conversation and I think that a lot of folks who have had that conversation come to the idea of personal autonomy and it being about a personal choice and not um, imposing that choice over others so I think that also bring up the fact that it's not a man being correct over a woman right I think that kids can can absorb nuance mm -hmm. and also as far as a man being correct over women men have been doing that for the dawn of time, since the dawn of time. So why stop now? <laughs> <laughs> Teach your daughters that your wife is entitled to be wrong, um, but that has nothing to do with my uterus, my body, my choice, my government. So just be literally pro-choice. And take it up a notch, you know, like really convey to your to your kids that it's not about, you know, like deconstructing what gender means, talking about bodies in a non um cis sexist way mm -hmm. talking about the fact that people with uteruses aren't always women that women don't always have uteruses totally. that guys don't always have penises you know like really get expansive like i think that this is something that kids are thirsty for they are seeing this nuance happening in the world and they want to be a part of the conversation mm -hmm. totally and i will add real quick that kids um even if your kids seem like they're they're aligning ideologically with a place that you don't feel comfortable with them aligning. Kids change, man. When I was in middle school, I had a vote pro-life button. I was Catholic. I was Catholic. I went to this very pro-life youth group of my friend who was an evangelical Christian. Um, and, you know, I changed my mind because I got more information. And I think that, that uh, the truth is on the side of giving women the right to decide what goes on. Exactly. Exactly. It's about to me. It's about individual versus collective. Individually, you can be against or for abortion. It's your choice. Mm -hmm. But collective, we have to support that everyone else is entitled to a choice. Mm -hmm. And making that distinction is really important. 
Well, that's bleak. But that's all the time we have. <laughs> that's all the time we have for so for dude you asked these questions were really thoughtful for the men who are listening. So I we I really appreciate that. Thank you. Keep them coming, uh, and we will answer more of them next week. Now we're going to move on to the final part of the show. Uh, which is which is a popular segment from the first show that we did, uh, and I decided to just make it a recurring thing because I just love like lunatic ideas. Um, dumbest hill I'll die on. Mm-hmm. So I want to. This is this is like the the idea that you have the lunatic theory that you have that you know is probably wrong, but you really feel like it should be right. So here's mine. I don't think iced coffee works. <laughs> it Why? doesn't. It doesn't work. Explain yourself. Because hot coffee makes me feel more awake, and iced coffee doesn't. This is anecdata. Mm-hmm. This is me. I I need the warmth of like. That's like a fuzzy math, right? Yeah, I need like hot. It needs to be hot for me to believe that it's real. So, or for <laughs> me to like get a caffeine really? jolt from it. Yeah. So I was last week in New York City. It was like a hundred degrees. It felt like a hundred degrees, and I live up in Harlem, and the. And, and where I live, there's not a lot of tree cover. And so the ground was like baking us from underneath too. And I walked to the coffee shop down the block for me and I ordered a, a hot coffee. Oh and the gosh. guy who worked behind the counter was like, what? And I said, oh, cold coffee doesn't work. And he looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah. But I will die on this hill. I will die on this hill. Cold coffee doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> Z-Way, what's yours? <laughs> that's insane. It's truly insane. Um, I, Yeah, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> okay, the hill that I would die on. Okay, so I don't think that anything has sown more distrust in the mainstream media than Blake Shelton being named Sexiest Man Alive by People Magazine. Amen to that. Wow. Hot take. Hot take. Wow. That was a pivotal moment where our press started being attacked that was where it broke exactly did you notice any like why do you think it was that because <laughs> i mean have you seen i've him? i've watched the voice yeah yeah he's sort of just Love like the a, voice. he's just like a i cut. mean it's just elba clearly like what yeah that's true think about it yeah blake shelton he's I not mean, even the hottest blake when i saw when i saw that magazine cover i thought Wow, Blake Shelton just killed every hot man. Exactly. You know, I thought I thought this publication isn't for black people. <laughs> <laughs> no, but shout out to like very good publicists. <laughs> Seriously. Okay, I think you know it feels like there's more buy-in to your dumb hill to die on than there is on mine. You know, I am reporting facts, and anyone that wants to question me is, is wrong. racist. <laughs> Okay, Blair, what's your what's your dumb <laughs> Any hill? weapon formed against me is racist. That's not my hill. So my hill that I will die on comes from my mom. And it's if you don't wear an undershirt and cover your neck, like the area between your collarbone and your chin during the winter, you will get sick because that's where the germs get in. And I told that to my partner on a subway platform and he was like, that's not correct. And I was like, it's science, Akeem. Like... My great grandma believed it. My grandma believed it. My mom believes it. And it's the truth. <laughs> if you don't cover your neck, you're going to get sick because the germs come in through whatever this your is. Gills. Your gills. Yeah. Your gills. Your okay. gills. Great. Well, they <laughs> attack the lymph nodes from the outside. Exactly. Well, have you seen Shape of Water? That's, yeah, I, I have. It's based on that theory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I've learned a lot today. <laughs> Z-Way and Blair, thank you so much for hanging out. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Hysteria. Please come back next week. <laughs>